Hey friends, it's Coley. Welcome to another episode of Still With You. I am so happy you're here. Still With You is a space for sharing gold, inspiring stories with genuine friends about our faithful God. Its purpose is to uplift and encourage others. He is still with you. And after releasing over 100 episodes, it never ceases to amaze me, nor do I take for granted when a friend will show up and share their story, the hard parts, the highlights. And today I am so honored to to be speaking with my friend Holly Wright as she shares her story of finding hope in the midst of healing. And not only did she find hope, but she is sharing this hope. Podcast host, model, and inspiring speaker Holly Wright was raised on the outskirts of Baton Rouge, Louisiana in a small blue beat-up house. Though she loved her family, especially her strong single mother who cared for her and her three siblings, Holly constantly lived in fear. The small blue house she so desperately wanted to call home home was abusive and unhealthy. Broken relationships with their father and friends left Holly hurt and empty. She was always searching for someone to accept her, love her, and remind her that she was wanted. Holly says, I was always trying to fill a void that only God could fill. During her senior year of high school, Holly was invited to church and experienced God's faithfulness and comfort for the first time in her life. After rededicating her life to Jesus, she found a new security by growing closer in relationship with Him. Now knowing her true identity as a daughter in Christ, she witnessed her prayers being answered through God's provision and found true joy in serving Jesus. In 2012, Holly attended the Healing Place Church and began serving in high school ministry where she fell in love with encouraging young girls of the future generation. Two years later, Holly moved to San Diego, California where she still lives today and is the founder and CEO of Her, a media platform where she shares blog posts, podcast episodes, fashion, and offers a space to bring community to girls around around the world through social media. Holly's heart is to help influence girls of all ages to encourage them to find their purpose and walk in their calling. Holly says, I want girls to know that our past does not define our future. God can use any situation and turn it around for good. I hope you follow me on this journey as a fierce, strong woman after God's own heart. Let's be her together. The Bible says in Psalms 34, 18, that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Just like God rescued Holly and allowed her to share hope even in the middle of her healing, He wants to do the same for you today. I hope you find this conversation to be fun, uplifting, because Holly and I do talk a little bit about four-wheeling. But most importantly, this conversation is centered around Jesus because it is through His power that we can experience true healing. I'm encouraged by Holly's story and I'm grateful every time she shares it. Please welcome to Still With You, the podcast host of her, Holly Ryan. Right. Holly, here's what I want to talk about before we get to her podcast, before we get to many other important conversations. The video that you have on your Instagram of you with your beautiful long eyelashes and your face just like covered in mud from four wheeling. Tell me all about that day. It's so fun how you are diverse. You are from Louisiana, but now you live in LA. So like LA to LA. Okay. Awesome. I love that you found that video too, because I will say this when people meet me, they have no idea how I grew 
up. Like you can hear a little bit in my accent, but like when you look at me on social media, I look very <laughs> different. I wouldn't look like the Southern Belle camo mud kind of girl. And yeah. it's crazy because that is 90% me. So I was born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a small little Cajun town. Growing up, I had one Walmart, no Target, no Starbucks. Same. So I grew up in a small community. I have four siblings, a single mom, and I am the second of four. So I really grew up traditional, like the Southern Belle. And so what we did for fun, we didn't have the beach and like coffee shops and all the things that California has to offer. We had four wheelers. So that video was posted actually last fall. I went home and my family had um, some property. And so we went four wheel riding. And so what you do is you get on these four wheelers and you just go through the mud. And that's just what I do. So I live a different lifestyle out here in California, obviously. But when I do go home, I make sure that I'm on the river, on the boat, four wheelers, because that is my southern roots. And that's just what we did for fun. Now we call that mudding. Like not mudding, sorry, mudden. We call that mudden. Is that what y'all call it? We call it mud riding. There's no like G at the end, like riding. Okay. So like I'll tell my friends in California, like, hey, when I take you home, I'm gonna take you mud riding. They're like, what the heck is that? Like people have no idea, but it's just, I mean, it's what we do for fun. Do you know the term groating? No. Gravel roading? I've never heard of that. We go off-roading. So it's basically that, but if you're just gonna go drive around some gravel roads, you just on a Sunday drive or drive whatever you would say, I'm gonna go grow. That's interesting. No, I've never heard That's that. That's Missouri slang or maybe just my community. I saw that video and I'm like, I bet I can talk with her about some country slang. Yes. So anyway. That's the best. I feel like California people have no idea what it's like in the South until you actually go there and experience yeah. like what we do for fun. So actually when I posted that video last year, everybody on my Instagram was like, oh my gosh, you have mud all over your face and in your hair. What are you doing? I was like, oh, this is normal. Families literally like... <laughs> like digging the four-wheeler out of the ground. Yeah. (laughs) On a more serious note, you know, you said your family lives in Louisiana. This year, like many other years, has been really hard for the state involving Hurricane Ida. And it just seems like Louisiana is always just a very hot spot. I mean, I remember even as being a third grader, watching the news and hearing about Hurricane Katrina. And I'm not sure the age difference between us, but I know that you you know obviously about the devastation because it's taken years and years if it's even rebuilt. So like, what's that yeah. like for you to watch that happen over and over again to your home state and like have your heart break? How do you and your family do that? The lifestyle that I live now is God-given. Like every day waking up in California, living on the beach, I'm so thankful that, you know, I got directed here for a time and a season because I have such a huge heart for the South. Now I've yeah. been through nine hurricanes my whole life. Um, with Hurricane Katrina, I was in middle school, eighth grade, I believed. And when that one hit, we were out of electricity for over a month. Oh my I will God. say Louisiana is low income. So it's very different lifestyle than California. Normally when a hurricane or storm hits, whether it's a level one through five hurricane, I mean, the whole state is impacted. It's very flat. Our sewer systems and water canals are just very weak. So that's why a lot of things like flood, but I will say the community is incredible. The people are incredible. When things like this happen, they do have a lot of nonprofits and people are just helping people, whether it's rescuing off homes. A hurricane hit like two years ago, and I'll never forget this moment. I was in California. My brother was out rescuing families. And I remember him FaceTiming me and it just made me bawl my eyes out. He was on his uh, boat and he was rescuing families after the hurricane hit. And the water line was 16 feet high. So let me just phrase what 16 feet is. When you're at a red light, 
those red, yellow, and green lights that are telling you to stop and go at an intersection, the water line was that high. So my brother was on a boat touching the red light. That is the one downfall about Louisiana because it is on the Gulf. But I've seen a lot of people lose a lot. We've had to rebuild houses. Our houses lost a lot. It doesn't take a couple months to rebuild. When a hurricane hits, it takes years. I mean, New Orleans is still slowly upgrading itself. Baton Rouge, my hometown, is doing a little bit better, but it's devastating. I honestly don't understand how people <laughs> keep staying there to live there. Yeah. The food and the people are the best I've ever met. But one thing is the downfall is the, the weather. It's just rough. Yeah. I mean, I'm super thankful again to be out in California, but I do fly home a lot because those people are my whole life. We um, experienced Hurricane Sally last year. It did not affect me at all how it did other people in my community, nor it did not affect me at all yeah. how it has the amazing strong people of Louisiana. When I I see, you know, rotation in the water or I see friends like scavenging for gas and water. And you said you've been through Mm -hmm. nine of those, like how, and I even think this translates to our lives, not even revolving around hurricanes, but how do we go through scary things like that while trusting in Jesus and having the endurance? What do you know that I don't know about this? Great question. Um, I think number one is people like when you live in a state like that a lot. Now we'll tell you 90% of people in Louisiana, they stay living there because it's their family is there. And I'm talking about generations. So that is why a lot of people don't move out because you've got four generations living on property. That's just the culture. That's the city. That's the heart of Louisiana. Mm -hmm. For me, when you said we're plugging this into life, you almost get on survival mode. Not that that's healthy or any way, but I feel like it goes hand in hand with life. My upbringing was really rough. I grew up in a very abusive home, didn't have a relationship with my dad. I was molested in, in middle school, just a lot of abuse. And and you say, you know, going through plugging in a hurricane with life when you are surrounded and that is the norm, I guess you could say it's almost like you're on survival mode. Yeah. But I think it comes down to one, the people who are in your circle when you're going through these storms into your heart, because everybody's going to go through storms. Everybody's going to go through life, whether it's good seasons, bad seasons, or even hell. Yeah. And I think the heart behind it is at the end of the day, that like, that's when your faith is tested. So when it comes to hurricanes, people are used to it. It's the norm, just like earthquakes are normal in San Diego or fires. I guess my question is, what kind of community is around you when you're going to go through that. And at the end of the day, whether you lose everything in your home or, you know, life hits you, it's like, where's your faith? And God takes care of his people. The circumstance and the situation around you, yes, looks rough, but at the end of the day, he's going to take care of you. And everything that was taken away is always going to be restored. When I moved out to California, I was like, wow, I'm in heaven. Like I made it like life's great. And I am so thankful to wake up and look at the beach and be a part of, you know, modeling in LA, being an entrepreneur and doing all these gifts and talents that God created me to do. Those are great. But if you really sat me down and took all those things away, those are titlements, right? Those are things that are my gifts and talents. If you were to move all these things and just ask me like, Holly, at the end of the day, what's your why? Why do you do this? It's it's for women. It's my faith. Yeah, we go through storms, but Who's in your circle when you're going through it? And what do you really believe in? I had the opportunity to speak on her podcast, which by the way, thank you. That was so fun. 
you are do such a well done job with all of that. I just seriously applaud you for the hard work that you've done. And one of the things I said there, and when I got to learn a little bit about your stories that I just said that, you know, I really do think it is a privilege and I do not take it lightly when any of our friends open their hearts and share part of their story, especially, you know, involving pain and abuse and survival. And you are not shy about sharing that um, on her. When did you feel like that was what God was calling you to do is to share so openly? Like, how did you find that grit and that bravery to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. If I were to look back at my story, I get choked up about this because I'm still like amazed that God uses me to run this podcast, this nonprofit to speak life into women, to say yes, to be guest speakers. Cause I'm just like, sometimes I'm like, oh, why me? If you looked back at my story, (laughs) that was rough. How are you using me? And it's humbling too, because honestly having that root and what I came out of is my why. And that's why I continue to pour into women on my podcast, you know, going through the rough season that I lived with an abusive dad and just trauma cops at my house every weekend, just rough life. Like if you were to look at the home that I came out of and knowing who I am today, you'd be like, how in the hell? Yeah. Like in, um, I will say this, I had a God-fearing mom through all of that. Mm-hmm. I had a mom that prayed on her hands and knees. I had a mom that was life-giving. I had a mom that spoke life into all of her kids through the hell. I was always going to church. That was like my safe place. So going through all of that from like such an early age to high school, church became a safe place for me. So like youth group. And I remember when I was 16 years old, my household got just so rough. I got removed out of my home and my high school pastors actually took me in and they helped me finish senior year and just get me healthy so that I can just go off to college and do what I need to do. And I'll never forget this conversation sitting on the couch my senior year in my high school pastor's home. And they had become pretty much my parents. They were super healthy marriage, invested a lot into me, saw things that I never saw myself. And I remember sitting down on the couch and she said, Holly, I want you to know this. I want you to know that everything that you've gone through, it's not wasted. You may feel like it, but I really feel like your story is going to change somebody. It may even change the world. I don't know, but I just know that it's not wasted. It is going to be used. And I remember sitting on the couch like, yeah, I went to church, but I didn't really understand the things that I know now, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting at looking at her and thinking like, yeah, it is wasted because like, this is a horrible, like my story is just horrible. Like who would want to look up to this? How am I going to be used? I remember having that tough conversation with her, you know, going into college life. After I got out of college, I jumped into an internship at my local church doing high school students and women's ministry. And it was like, the more I got healed and understood things, the more God had put new opportunities and gifts and stuff in my lap. Okay, this can be used or, oh, this can be used. Um, I started working with a lot of students who had rough life too, (laughs) you know, went through a lot of things too. And so that's really when I was like, you know what, this is life. And I don't know if it's going to change someone, but like, this is what I went through. I think I was like 21 years old. I started opening up and then just girls just kept coming. And I was like, oh my gosh, people go through things. Like I shouldn't have to be ashamed or hide my story because I want to draw the people that nobody knows their story, knows what they go through because they don't have a voice. Absolutely. From then on, I was just like, God, here's my junk. Use it. Do whatever you got to do. And as soon as I kind of like 
gave that space to him, girls from all over. And then I started blogging. So before her was even launched, I just blogged. I remember hearing that it started with a blog. I would send in requests to say, hey girls, like, what are you going through? They would send me topics and I would just write. I mean, it was just hollywright.com. I started blogging and writing. It was just hollywright. Her wasn't even thought of, didn't even have a name logo. I mean, I blogged for four years before her was even launched. Wow. I graduated in writing and communication. So I was, I had already been working for companies writing. So I just opened a space and created a website. Were you in California at this time or were you in Louisiana? I was in Louisiana. Yeah. I hadn't even started my journey or anything. And then once I opened up that space, I was like, wait, I want to help girls. It just took off after that before I even launched her. And yeah, here I am (laughs) speaking on podcasts and speaking at events and at my church and just pouring into women. It's crazy. How did you know that her needed to expand into a podcast? Like you started the podcast in April, 2019. I was pulling it up just to check to see if you had episode numbers and you don't. So I mean like, but I think that you're, you're way over a hundred. Like you have been doing some hard work. Yeah. So I just actually hit 300. Triple that correction. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) No, you're fine. Yeah. So how it really started was I actually moved to California in 2016. I actually used to be married for a few years. That's how I got to California. Um, It was a super unhealthy relationship, got divorced. And when all that started happening, I was like, God, that like, I need to get back on track and figure out like what my purpose is and stuff. I was still writing, going through a lot of healing from that past relationship. Before I launched her, I actually, one of my old friends asked me to be on his podcast show. He needed like a co-host. And he was like, Hey, I love all your blogs. He was like, you're an incredible writer and speaker. I had been speaking at like youth events during that time, season two, but nothing through media or like on stage for events yet. Yeah. And so he had reached out to me and he was like, Hey, I need a girl on my show. You would be a perfect fit. He had a huge following. He was a big deal. Got on his show. And then he was like, these girls are coming out of nowhere, getting emails. My blog got so big. I had to like turn it into something. Everything just kind of got big. I remember sitting on the beach and this was 2017. And I was like, God, I need to create something. Like I Mm -hmm. need to create something for these girls to come to. I would say like six months later, he gave me the word her and it just kept I kept having dreams about it and seeing the word. And then a couple women at church had like right. spoken over me. And I was just like, I don't know what this is. So I just launched the Instagram page called her. And I was like, okay, here, here's start one. Like, what do I do? You know, started the Instagram page. Then I started a podcast that blew up and then it turned into a nonprofit and online community for women. And then my fashion line's about to come out. So it's a bunch of different things now. Okay, hold on. Wait, your fashion line's about to come out. When is this happening? So I was supposed to have it launched actually last fall, but due to COVID, um, just a lot of things were going on. And what's been really cool is since I do modeling up in LA, I've been a part of a lot of women, the high-end fashion industry. And I wanted to create some high-end fashion line, not like t-shirt or apparel. And so it got postponed to spring. I'm trying to launch it January. So everything's designed and ready to go. It's going to be a high-end fashion line. The funds will go to the Her Nonprofit, which is going to fund me building a dream center. And I am laughing because I remember when you brought up my Still With You t-shirt and like, and your fashion line, girl, I made a t-shirt. I am not working towards anything like a dream center. That's amazing. (laughs) But to stay on the track with her just for a second, podcast 
podcast release weekly on Monday. So I hope yeah. everyone goes and subscribes. Tell me what it's like to host a podcast where you hold conversations where, you know, some friends don't always share the same beliefs that you do. What's been that like? And what have you even learned about loving people? Right. I think you're modeling a really good job of just how we should live life of like listening. When I started her, it was just more like a ministry background. So I was inviting more of like Christian speakers, um, high school speakers, just anybody in a Christian background. So when I launched her, I allowed that space for all these girls. And I had already had a following from my blog and from being on that podcast with that friend. I had kind of opened the door and I thought in my head like a couple years ago, like, oh, I'll just build a women's ministry or just hear these encouraging girls who can just encourage other girls. As I did that for a couple months, I was like looking and I was like, God, I just want more. Like I want, I want the girl who's in New York City, who's a blogger and a model who's been through hell, but she continues to post on Instagram about positive mindset and encouragement and being confident in your own skin. Like I just started to observe uh, social media and open that door to all these different kinds of women because the truth is, is totally everybody has a story whether we call ourselves a strong christian or not even a christian at all everybody has a story that we have walked through and i realized man if i could just connect with these girls and draw them in and relate to them that's why i have different topics every month because if they can relate to the topic they're going to share their heart and talk about the topic but i had to give that space to one open the door to very diverse women and two put in place a topic that they can actually relate to and share and it's been crazy Because a lot of people ask me like, oh my gosh, like you've had an athlete, a model, plus size model, a speaker. And then you go from ministry speaker on your podcast. Like this is my ministry. I just love people. I've been, you know, blessed enough to have these girls on my show who've never even spoke before. I love that. I love that you offer that opportunity for people. Yes. I honestly just reach out to these girls and I'm like, and and they love her. It's attracted so many different kinds of girls, but I'll say 80% of the girls who have been on my show, these speakers are from around the world and they They've never spoken on a podcast, been on a stage or any kind of platform. And I'll work, I'll have a conversation with him before we jump on recording and I'll just breathe, speak life over them. Like, Hey, this is so awesome. What you do. You're a model in New York city. I love your page. I love everything that you're doing. Share your story. Like, here's the topic. Let's talk about these things. They know obviously that I'm a Christian where I stand, but I think it's so much more than that because I mean, even when you look at the Bible, God did life with these people. Like he was friends with the tax selector. He was friends with someone who stole. He was friends with a thief. He did life with all these people. And these people were drawn to him for a reason. And they wanted to do life with him and become better. You know, like I do life with a bunch of different kind of girls in LA. And because my belief isn't set on them, like I could be the only positive impact in those girls' life. That's right. And so I think about it like that, like, all right, God, I'm opening the door. You bring forth the girls and we're just going <laughs> to make this thing work. And it's awesome. I've met girls from all over the world. I have girls that will fly in to California. I've gotten to meet some of these girls in person just by traveling, FaceTime, or even like if I put a girl on the show, I'll always shout at her and be like, hey, if you're in Dallas, Texas, connect with Abby. And then all these girls who mm-hmm. listen will go follow Abby, connect with Abby, And then guess what? They have friends in Dallas, Texas now. So it's created like this community. And it's almost like I just, I just opened the door and like God do the work. That's so good. Okay. Tell me about being a highlighter, like a human highlighter for someone. Tell me the joy of that. And then also when that can be hard, but that that is practicing like how Jesus did highlighting others and being humble, the cost and the joy. I'm a number three on personality. 
personality. So I am the achiever. I love goals and I love achieving things. So I think my drive and encouraging people is the joy. It's easier said than done, but in order for you to highlight the women around you, you got to know who you are. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. You got to be confident, know exactly who you are, not only know who you are, but know who God's called you to be. Because the truth is, if I'm not grounded everywhere I move, I'm going to waver in their direction. So I feel like for me, I am confident. I know what God's called me to do. I figured out my purpose a long time, like at an early age. And sometimes that works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Everybody's different. God has a different path than he does for the other girl. But I think it comes down to is knowing who you are and knowing who God's called you to be and to be confident. And if you are steadfast and confident and rooted wherever you go, no one's, nothing's going to change you. Nothing's going to move you. And I think people realize that and see that sometimes in me. I think that's why God allows me to be in positions or rooms and opportunities of very different kind of people. Like I'll go to LA and be with very wealthy, you know, producers, models, the whole creative industry, but then I can go home and hang out with Southern people or go on homeless outreach, I'm still the same Holly. So I feel like it comes down to knowing who you are. And so that's kind of been the joy meeting people. I love people in general. I don't have like, I'll be at a coffee shop and see a girl and be like, what's your name? Like that's never been an issue making friends with me. But one thing I will say, I guess, is the struggle is, you know, in middle school and high school, I used to be kind of like, embarrassed because I'm like, being called a Christian is cool when you're around Christian people, but sometimes it's not the so cool thing when you're not around Christian people. And sometimes you could be looked at as the weird person or the religious girl. I don't ever want to be known for that, but I want to be known for being real and not religious. You know, going into different opportunities in LA and Los Angeles or just here in San Diego, it's like, I just want to be known as me. And so, and try to relate to that person that I'm doing life with or doing a job with or having on my shows. I think that's my goal. It's it's sometimes hard when you get put in a position where I don't want people to think like, Holly, this women's pastor, you know, speaker. I just want people to know me as like, Holly, like, oh, she has a great heart and she does life with a lot of girls. Like wherever she goes, she's the same. You know, whatever you're calling her purpose is, everybody's is different, but be grounded, like know who you are, be confident in that and just be open because God could take you crazy places, you know, and nothing's going to change or waver you or move you if you're grounded, no matter the opportunities or the seasons that's thrown at you. The same Holly who is four-wheeling and the same Holly who's like modeling and in LA having the best time that you're the same. And that even to me just points to the character of Christ because he does not change. We need to be our authentic self and not ashamed of exactly the way God created us to be. So I love that. I could talk to you all day. This is so much fun. I have a few more questions for you. (laughs) Tell me about the Dream Center because this is news to me. Did not know this. What is, where did, maybe explain to our friends what this is and where did this start? Is the, and how is this happening? When I launched her again, it was um, just an Instagram page and then it turned into a podcast. Um, And so I started having different girls on. Um, as the podcast kept rolling, I started to get a lot of girls donate and fund money towards the her. And they're like, Hey, I just want to bless you. Like, I don't know what your vision is or the end goal. So that kind of started. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like,
like, now I need to think of like what her should go to because I wanted to support women. Her was her for about six months. And then I turned it into a nonprofit. My mom works a lot with attorneys. So she's like, Holly, you need to start a nonprofit in San Diego. That way, whatever you do, it goes somewhere. You have a vision. You could do events, galas, or whatever merch you want to do. So it can fund women. And then you need to figure out where it's going to go. And so this just got me thinking because I'm in the marketplace and I do business pretty much 70% of my life. And I was like, God, you know, these people are like giving and funding. Like I need to like give me the vision of what I need to do. He kept instilling me with a dream center. And so I don't know if you know what a dream center is, but a lot of churches have them. There's a huge dream center in Los Angeles, California, and it is a nonprofit a church in AA. It's like this huge company, basically a nonprofit funded by a church. If you are out of the foster care system, you're a single mom, you're a homeless woman on the street, you need some groceries, maybe AA, drug and addictions. It's a program that you can come to do for six months. They give you housing. They teach you how to do chores, build your resume, get you back into school. They've come in, get you healed, and then they restore you within six months, you're out on your own. So it's this program that they allow men and women come into to just help out and make sure that your needs are met. And of course you have to go through the program, but it's this huge nonprofit. I mean, people intern there. I have some friends on staff there, but um, I would go there a lot on mission trips. And then my small local church in Louisiana had a, a mini dream center. And so, so I started thinking, this was about a year ago, I went to the beach one day because I like to write and just, mm-hmm. you know, ask God like, okay, what's next? What do I do? And I don't know, it just kept coming to mind. And I'm like, God, <laughs> California is really expensive one. A building's millions of dollars. Uh, I'm single. So I got no man, pretty independent. I'm an entrepreneur. So like, you're saying dream center, but like this thing would be impossible to build in California. Just a house, a small house here is like starting at 800,000. So it's very expensive here. Hey, I've watched Selling Sunset. I know. (laughs) Girl, it's unreal. I'm like, I can go back to Louisiana and build a neighborhood for the same price. (laughs) Yes. So I don't know. He kept same thing with the her when he gave me that name. It just kept coming back. And I just, I just know. And then I wrote it down and I was just like, it was more like a haha God, you know, like, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> maybe a little unrealistic, but I don't know. It just kept coming back. So I was like, you know what? I'll just start the nonprofit. And that way, when I sell fashion lines or speak or anything that goes to her, I'm just going to save up and just keep that space for if that's what God has called me to do. I got in my car and went up to LA and just did a a walkthrough through the Dream Center, met the staff and kind of saw like all the nitty gritty things of what they do. Because you could say you have a dream and God could instill something in you. But like when it comes down to life and realistic things, it may not be something that you thought you would be into. So I was like, you know what? Like if this is legit, God, I need to go drive and just check out the Dream Center and see if I can relate to this or if this is something that I really need to do. And so I did. I drove up to the LA. I kind of met some people that I'd had connections with, did a walkthrough. And I don't know when I left that building, I was like, okay, God, like, I don't know when the time is, but this is what I'm going to do. So to answer your question, my goal is to build dream centers, one in the North, South, East and West of the United States. These are going to be housing hubs, almost like either apartment Uh complex or some kind of facility built in. And so I want to have one in Louisiana because it's my hometown, one in New York City, one in San Diego and somewhere in the middle 
Midwest, maybe the North, and just build this building called HER. So HER stands for Housing Education Resources, H-E-R. So it's going to help women get housing, education, resources. So if they're out of the foster care system, homeless, single mom, addictions, any kind of thing, they would come come to this building, go through a six-month program. I would raise these women up and release them. So that's kind of the vision for her. And so when you started her, you didn't have that acronym. No. Isn't that so the Lord? And here's what you're doing that's really brave is that what you're doing is you're inviting people into something that you feel like God's put on your heart. And in all reality, you could take a step forward towards that and it may turn into something completely different. But that has been something that has been a theme on Still With You and something that I try to practice myself is the inviting in because we know that God is bigger than even what he puts on our heart. It is amazing. And I love your heart for people. I think you're doing such a good job. And all the dream centers that, you know, that God is has you praying over and investing in it. I feel like you're a banker, like you're banking. (laughs) You're you're just like collecting and then gonna be investing. And so I'm I'm so proud of you, Holly. Like this is wonderful. I so appreciate that. Thank you. It's been hard. And I will tell you to the girls, listen, is it is not easy something like this. Like there's yeah. sacrifices I've had to make. There's been a lot of friendships I couldn't make. There's a lot of people I've had to say no to. I've been single for four years now. So it's been a lot of work and a lot of seeds. I feel like the past four years, I just keep planting seeds and water them, planting seeds and water them. And there's going to be seasons that you go through that are like this. But every time someone interviews me or I get the opportunity to speak, or it looks all amazing, but there's work behind it. Yeah. You know, my story seems a little crazy, but I've seen God's faithfulness through the trauma that I grew up with, getting me out of that kind of household to speaking in front of thousands of women. Like, you can't tell me that's not God. Girl, I'm just rolling with the punches. (laughs) You're doing amazing. And I don't know what the other items in the fashion line holds. My friend Quinn gave me a trucker hat and I have never worn one before. And now I'm obsessed. So I will definitely, if the her hat is still on the line. I definitely want to snag one of those because I am now obsessed with where that style of hat, but I'm so excited for the other collection to come out. And I'll definitely share that with everyone in January and we'll just keep praying for you. I so appreciate that. Yeah. I, at this point I'm just connecting and just being open and gosh, it's been good. I'm just, I'm just here. (laughs) The podcast is called still with you. And this comes from Psalms 139, 18. That verse says, and when I wake up, I'm still with you. And we just hold on to that message because much like your story, like God doesn't leave. He doesn't give up and he doesn't change. And that's just been a message and that I just continue to hold on to like many, many of our friends. So we always close the podcast um, by asking this question. So I'll ask you, Holly, where is God still with you? Um, Great question. I feel like for me, I've kind of explained a little bit of my mess and then the blessing. So for me right now is just waiting on the fruit. There's going to be seasons of your life where God's in the mess with you. There's going to be seasons of your life where God is right in the middle of the blessing with you. And then there's also going to be a waiting season of you just planting the seeds, kind of like I said, and waiting for him to bring forth the fruit. So right now, to answer your question, I'm just in a waiting season and being okay with that and trusting him that, you know, I may not know the timing of everything. I may not know when the next door is going to be open, but being okay with the season that I'm in now and knowing that I'm exactly where I need to be. No steps further ahead. I'm not falling behind and I'm exactly where I need to be and just trusting him, honestly, just in the waiting. That's so honest. And again, I think that's like why 
so many friends and girls are drawn to you is because you're honest, you're open, and you're unafraid and you're taking some brave steps. And I just, again, I'm so glad to know you. I'm so thankful that our paths connected and that you're you're just doing amazing things with her. Thank you again for allowing me to come hang with you on the podcast. I hope you come back here. We would love to hear more from you and just cheer you on in any way. And thanks for your time because I know you're busy as well. Thank you so much for having me. I love your heart. I'm so glad that we connected too. And you're welcome <laughs> on my podcast anytime. And I'm just excited to do life with you. It's, it's nice when you find other women who make you better and have the same similarities. So I'm excited for you and your brand and everything that you have too. And just to be a part of it, cheering you on. So thankful for you. Of course. And maybe one day we'll be in some time, we'll be in a space where we can go four wheeling together because that looks so fun. I haven't done that in years and I'm telling you, I miss it. I miss the mud. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. Yes. We're going to plan that one day. That would be so amazing. Let's do it. Hey friends, I hope you loved every moment of this conversation with Holly. I'm so thankful that she made time to come on the podcast and speak with us. Man, what an honest conversation. And I'm so thankful that we're able to have these kind of authentic moments together through Still With You. It is one of the joys of my life being able to show up every week and pray alongside you in whatever you might be walking through. If you can, say thank you to Holly for coming on the show. You can find her on social media. Her handle is Holly Wright, or you can find her podcast, her as in the title, her podcast, wherever you stream your show shows. All the links and ways you can connect with Holly can be found on my website as well as my conversation with her on her podcast in the show notes, coleybrowning.com. And if you need anything from me, you can always find me on social media. My handle is Coley Browning. That's K-O-H-L-I-E and Browning like the rifle. I would love to connect with you. As always, the music you are listening to is from our friend Gabrielle Grace. She is a fabulous folk indie artist, friend of the show and her new ep is out for you to find make sure you connect with her on social media at gabrielle grace music or you can visit her website gabriellegracemusic.com we love her and i am again so grateful to be sharing we'll be all right on every episode of season four of still with you as i shared if you need me you know where to find me and i cannot wait to meet with you again next week where i'm hanging out with my new friend jeanette tapley you will not want to miss that chat until then be bold, be brave, be you, and remember that he is still with you.